What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. We got another loaded podcast for you today. We've got your NFC South rundown, and we're going to get into James Harden and all of his stuff with Daryl Morey. It's a loaded show. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. According to James Harden. So now there's all these conspiracy theories flying around about what was promised, what wasn't promised. Did Harden live up to, to his end of the deal? What did Daryl Morey not do? Well, look, let's just put two and two together. Chances are Daryl Morey promised James Harden the max extension in Philly. And that obviously didn't happen, right? James Harden opted into his final year of his contract because the Sixers weren't going to pony up. They weren't going to pay him what he thought he deserved or what he was potentially promised. Which just makes this so much harder to choose a side. Because I don't think James Harden was good enough last year to be worthy of another max contract, especially at the age of 35 years old. I mean, he was, what, 20 points a game last year? Yeah, he he was 21 points a game last year, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, only shot 44% from the field, and shot 39% from three, which is pretty pretty freaking good. But I don't think that that is max extension worthy. It's not under any circumstance. But at the same time, Daryl Morey made some kind of promise that he went back on. And I, like I said, I'm pretty sure that he promised him some sort of extension and he's not going to follow through on it. And so now you have this really interesting pull between do you stay true to your word, or do you do what's in the best interest of your franchise? Because let's be honest, the thing that is in the best interest of the Philadelphia 76ers is to not pay James Harden, is to take that money and put it somewhere else. But now James Harden wants to leave, and as you you know heard there, he's in China making a big deal out of it. And he looks really overweight in the video. If you haven't seen the video, go watch it. Fat suit James Harden is already back. But here's where things get interesting. Here's where people kind of start freaking out to a point where it bothers me. James Harden's agent has, you know, gone on some podcasts, you know, put the word out there that he wouldn't be surprised if James Harden won the MVP next year because of how upset he is and he's motivated and he's all these different things. Telling you right now, it's bullcrap. Not true. Not true. Maybe he is motivated, but there's no way that he's winning an MVP next year. That's absurd. It's not happening. How do I know that? Because he's not in shape right now. You expect me to think that James Harden is going to be able to put together an MVP-level season when he's not in shape in August. The season starts in a month and a half. And you really think, you really think that he's going to be able to put together an MVP season overweight currently. He's going to start the year overweight and out of shape. And here's the thing. He's not going to get in shape until he gets what he wants. What happens if the Philadelphia 76ers don't trade him until November or December or the trade deadline? What happens then? I just, all this James Harden stuff, like I understand why he's upset. He feels like he was wronged. 
Sounds like Daryl Morey did him wrong. I'm sorry. It sucks. But you're under contract, man. You didn't have to opt in. You could have opted out. But the reason why he opted in was because the only way for him to end up where he wants to be in Los Angeles with the Clippers playing with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the only way for that to happen was for him to opt in and get paid. Right? He wants to get paid in Los Angeles. He doesn't just want to play there. Because if he really just wanted to go there, if he really just didn't want to play for the 76ers, he would have opted out of his contract. He could have signed to a a veteran minimum somewhere and played wherever he wanted. But he didn't want to do that because ultimately... For him, it's not about winning. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about getting paid. That's all that he cares about. And that's why he hasn't won. <sighs> I understand that these guys want to get paid. The like, you know, the career is short, right? 12, 15 years, maybe, if you're lucky. And he's trying to, to ink that last contract before he heads out. It's important. I get it. But at the same time. James Harden, you weren't great last year. You were 21-6-10. You were a good player, not a max contract-worthy player. Daryl Morey, you got to keep your word, man. This isn't going to sit well with other free agents, even though I really don't know how much I believe all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, if you're going to pay somebody, they're going to come play for you. If you have another star that somebody wants to play with and you can pay them, they're going to come play for you. That's just how it works. That's how the NBA works now. So I really don't know if this is going to hurt Daryl Morey and the 76ers as much as others might think. But we'll see. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with this whole James Harden scenario. We know Daryl Morey. We know he's not going to blink. We know James Harden isn't going to blink. It's going to be interesting to see how long this goes on for and how far into the NBA season this takes us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Going to get into the NFC South and everything we can expect from that division this season. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. We're about to get into what could quite possibly be the worst division in the NFL this year. But the truth is, we just don't know. There's so much uncertainty within the NFC South that it's just hard to know what this division is going to be. Like, let's start with the Falcons. They're going to start Desmond Ritter at quarterback, who played four games last year in his rookie season. The Carolina Panthers are probably going to play Bryce Young. He's a rookie. Kyle Trask is potentially going to be the starter in Tampa Bay. He's played one game in his NFL career. If it's not him, then it's Baker Mayfield, and we know he's not very good. And then finally, in New Orleans, they bring in a new quarterback, Derek Carr. We know who he is. We know what he brings to the table, but he wasn't very good in Las Vegas last year. So there's just a lot of unknown. Is Derek Carr going to bounce back? And then obviously we've got all these young quarterbacks. So when we look at the Atlanta Falcons, that's where we're going to start. Outside of Desmond Ritter, I like the offense. There's a lot of talent that they've stockpiled over these last three drafts. They've heavily invested in the offensive side of the ball. Kyle Pitts, two years ago, talented receiving tight end. Drake London, uh, first-round pick last year. He didn't have a bad year last year as a rookie. Should be better this year, though. And then they drafted the best running back in this year's draft, B. John Robinson, who should immediately provide an impact on the offensive side of the ball, especially in a system and on a team that wants to run the football. That's what Arthur Smith does. That's what he did in Tennessee. That's what he wants to continue to do in Atlanta. The question is Desmond Ritter. Okay, the four games that he played last year left me with 
a lot of questions. The offense was extremely conservative with him in the game. He only averaged just over six yards per attempt. He barely averaged 175 yards passing a game, which is discouraging because he threw the ball around 30 times a game. That's just, that's not very good. The positive side, he didn't throw any interceptions, but he only threw two touchdowns. Okay? He showed some of the athleticism that we saw from him in college. Um, the downside, though, is he, he fumbled the football three times. You can't put the ball on the turf. The best thing that Ritter has going for him, and the reason why I'm pretty optimistic about how he's going to play this year, is just because he's played a lot of quarterback. He's a four-year starter at Cincinnati. Okay, This isn't a Trey Lance scenario you know, where he barely played in college and then barely played his rookie year. and It's, it's nothing like that. Ritter has played a lot of snaps in the in football. Okay, and that should help him become more consistent as he actually gets consistent reps throughout the season. So because of that, I'm expecting him to adjust a little bit quicker than other young quarterbacks just because of how much quarterback he's played. Okay, and here's the thing. If he can just be solid, he doesn't have to be fantastic. He just has to be solid. Then this Atlanta Falcons offense should be good enough to compete for the division title. But the defense is another question mark entirely. And it's going to be hard for them to be worse than they were last year when it comes to the defensive side of the football. So the Falcons, they ran the ball a lot last year. As I said, that's what Arthur Smith wants to do. Because of that, they drained a lot of clock. That kept this awful defense off the field and helped keep their defense's numbers from looking as bad as that defense was. That number... The number, excuse me, that tells us how bad this defense was last year. They were last in the NFL by allowing 43.5% of drives to finish with the score. They gave up points like crazy. They gave up all sorts of points. Okay, Now, they brought in a lot of veterans this year to try and improve the defense. The defensive line should be a lot tougher. They bring in Calais Campbell and David, I'm going to butcher his last name, David Onamata. And Bud Dupree. Okay, the secondary adds Jesse Bates the third, and they, you know, brought in some cheaper guys as well. Jeff Akuda, Mike Hughes, Trey Flowers. You know, if they can get some production out of those guys, that will go a long way. Especially since their biggest issue last year was their pass rush. It has to be better. They ranked 26th in pass rush win rate, and they were 29th in run defense. The defensive line has to be better. It should be better given the guys that they're bringing in, but it remains to be seen. If they can just be okay on defense and Desmond Ritter can be a solid option at quarterback, they can make a run for the division title. The Carolina Panthers. Panthers are bringing in a new head coach and a new quarterback. Okay, After Frank Reich was fired by the Colts last year, he was the first coach to be hired in the offseason. That is a great sign if you're a Panthers fan. They didn't get the run of the litter. They got the coach that they wanted. They got a coach who had success in Indianapolis despite never having a consistent presence at quarterback. Reich also won a Super Bowl with the Eagles as the offensive coordinator. The Panthers now have what I believe is a good head coach. The question is, is Bryce Young going to be the guy for them at quarterback? Okay, There's a lot of speculation regarding who the Panthers were going to take with the number one overall pick. They end up taking Young over Stroud. Okay, He's an undersized quarterback out of Alabama. Okay, He is so undersized, in fact, that if you go back and you watch the college tape and you watch the tape from the first preseason game, guess what? He's playing on his tiptoes. He has to stand on his tiptoes to get a peek over the offensive line. Okay, And it's unknown how good he's going to be in the NFL. He didn't look very good in that first preseason game. 
but he has traits that you want in your NFL quarterback. He's accurate. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. He's just small. Is he going to last? Can he take the hits? Can he see over the offensive line? Can he read the defense? All those type of things come into play. On top of that, the Panthers have made some moves at the wide receiver position. They obviously swap out DJ Moore. They bring in a few other options, DJ Charks, Jonathan Mingo, and Adam Thielen. In order to compete for the division, those three guys have to stay healthy and they have to play well. They have to help Bryce Young because there's going to be up and downs anytime you have a new rookie quarterback, no matter how good or how talented they are. They also bring in a new running back, Miles Sanders, who I think is going to see most of the carries this year. He fits well in kind of that stretch run scheme that Frank Reich likes to run. You know, he's had a solid career in Philly up until this point. He's going to have to continue that just to take some of the pressure off of Bryce Young. The defense for the Panthers is going to have to step up as well. They got a new defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evero. He's the new DC. Could be a massive addition here. He was really good in Denver. He's got playmakers at key positions. You know, he's got Brian Burns and Derek Brown and Shaq Thompson and Jeremy Chin. Like, those guys have to continue to be reliable, and the younger guys have to continue to develop as well. I think the biggest thing, though, in order for this defense to be good is J.C. Horn has to stay healthy. He's one of the better young corners in the NFL, but he's been hurt. He's just been really banged up. If he can stay healthy, he will really elevate this defense as a whole. The other defensive backs, Von Bell, Xavier Woods, Dante Jackson, those guys all obviously need to play well as well. If those guys can play to the level that we expect and and J.C. Horn can stay healthy, then this should be a pretty solid defense. Most importantly, though, they have to get more pressure on the quarterback. Okay, They need another legitimate sack artist to step up. They can't rank at the bottom of the league in sacks again and expect to be good yet alone win this division. Moving on to the Buccaneers. Sound the alarm. The Buccaneers are officially on Caleb Williams' watch. The Buccaneers are going to be bad. I'm absolutely convinced of this. There's a lot of talent on the roster, but they have the worst quarterback scenario in the NFL. They're picking between Baker Mayfield, who's been bad in camp and has been on four teams in the last 16 months. They're picking him, or they're picking Kyle Trask, who's only played in one NFL game his entire career. But he's been in Tampa his entire career, so you could argue that he knows the offense, and he knows the personnel, and he knows his teammates, and he knows that everybody does well. He knows the system, all those types of things. But if the Buccaneers had any faith in Kyle Trask, they would have never brought in Baker Mayfield. It's not all bad for the Bucs, though. They've got some good players on their roster. Mike Evans, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Chris Godwin. There are dudes on this roster who can really play. But none of the other talent matters if you don't have a good quarterback. Okay, The talent on the defensive side of the ball should keep them in games. But do we really trust a Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask-led offense to pull out close games consistently? The answer is no. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Saints have brought in Derek Carr. I think it's a good move. They haven't had a consistent starter since Drew Brees retired. Carr should be able to come in and stabilize that franchise at the quarterback position. The Saints probably have the best quarterback in this division. Okay, A lot of people don't like Derek Carr. That's fine. But he's better than Baker Mayfield. He's played a lot more football than all the other quarterbacks in the division. The offensive weapons are going to be interesting because they have recognizable names but there's risk involved. Michael Thomas was still going through some of the rehab process in mid-May, according to head coach Dennis Allen. Okay, If he has another setback, he could miss more games. 
He just hasn't been able to stay healthy over these past couple of years. Okay, Alvin Kamara is all but certain to be suspended. Okay, so the Saints could very much go from a feared offense to one of, to one that's overly reliant on Chris Olave and Derek Carr to produce if other players can't step up. Okay, most of the eyes are going to be on Derek Carr after the worst year of his career last year in Las Vegas. I think it's very possible that Josh, that Josh McDaniels just isn't a very good coach. But either way, Carr was bad last year. You can't defend it. It was the worst year of his career. Okay, the defense the defensive success is going to be based on its ability to get after the quarterback. Okay, they added some help along their defensive line. They uh, first round pick was a defensive tackle Brian Brees. Uh, they added they brought in another edge rusher in the first round, uh, Isaiah Foskey. Okay, the Saints defense ranked last in pass rush win rate last year. So both of the players I just mentioned and 2021 first-round pick Peyton Turner has to be good. All three of those guys have to show up in 2023 if this Saints defense is going to have any chance of being good. Okay, And there's a real opportunity for the Saints defense to be really good. They're fast, they're athletic, but they're young. If they can mature and they can generate some kind of pass rush with their front four, then they could be really, really good. Pair that with Derek Carr now leading the offense, a much more trustworthy quarterback compared to Jameis Winston and other guys that they've had in that slot. This Saints team could be a really tough out. Here's my prediction. I think the Saints are going to win the division at 11-6. and six. Panthers and Falcons will both follow with winning records at 9-8. and eight. And finishing in last will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 5-12. and 12. Okay, I have no idea what's going to happen in this division this year. If you told me that anyone besides the Buccaneers were going to win the division, I would believe you. There's so much unknown. I'm very excited, very intrigued by this division. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining ones in the NFL this year. Can't wait. We are only a few Sundays away from the NFL season. Preseason stuff has already kicked off. Oh, man, I can feel it. It's almost here. I'm excited for it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Shooting the Schmidt, Jonathan Smith. I'll talk to y'all again on Thursday.